Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these. Go to 11. Once again, Greg Dutcher. Greg, say hello. Hello. Today we have another guest joining us, somebody who hasn't been on with us before, uh, Scott Perry. Scott, say hello to everyone out there. How's everybody out there? Um, Scott, tell us a little bit about yourself since you're uh, kind of new to what we're doing here. Well, I am a sports fan, and now we're going to talk about the Orioles a lot today. And I'm, uh, This is my first podcast, so if I sound a little nervous, it's because I am a little nervous. Dude, you sound uh, like a DJ, doesn't he, Nathan? I know. He's got a this good voice. I've um, been involved in this church for about three and a half years now. I've gotten to know and be good friends with Greg, and I've known Steve here, who you're going to introduce next, I'm, I'm assuming, and I've known Steve since high school. So we go long. We go way back. We've probably called each other about seven thousand times talking about the Orioles. <laughs> Some, sometimes nice. in that amount of time. So it's good to have, good to be here, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. And of course, uh, Steve Molesky joining us again. Steve, say hi to everyone out there. Hi, everyone out there. Um, now, Steve, the last time you joined us, um, as we were talking offline, I think it was uh, end of March or beginning of April, something like that, um, that we had you on there. Um, what was the response coming on to a faith-based program like ours? Had you ever done anything like that before? No, just, no, had not. So uh, it was very interesting, and I think we were able to uh, get some uh, social media distribution there. So hopefully that yeah. uh, built built up your hits a little bit. It did, and your number and your numbers, and uh, yeah, it was fun. It was, yeah, it was definitely great. fun. It did, it did, and you know, Steve, we are expecting with Scott Perry on. This is going to be big. Scott, we're expecting the hits. Yeah, it could get ugly. To <laughs> <laughs> quadruple. So, uh, no, no, it's great to have both you guys on. And I'd say, Nathan, Scott, very, very good friend, yeah. introduced me to Steve. Uh, I think it was at a wedding I first met. Wasn't it at the uh, – It was. Yeah, I it think was, you're right. It, it was, was Mark Shiflett's daughter's wedding. That's Victoria's right. Victoria's wedding. Yeah. That's, that's right. right. That's right. And we all sat at the same table, and I felt rude. I felt like I was just dominating Steve's time the whole time. Talking about baseball, but I don't think you mind talking about baseball. No, it's a good thing because I have to do it about twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, yeah what we're going to do today. This is very much Nathan right, like a bonus episode. That's right. Yeah, this is a bonus episode, um, and this is one of the only episodes where um, from this point on uh, you're really not going to hear me at all. Yeah. So, uh, Greg, Steve, and Scott, go ahead, take it away, guys. Start uh, start going on about the Orioles. Absolutely. Well, uh, here we are at the. Uh, we are recording on Monday, July the 6th. Mm-hmm. So this should be released tomorrow, July the 7th. So if anybody's trying to track where we are with the Orioles, uh, we just uh, finished a three-game uh, series uh, against the White Sox in Chicago. Um, we uh, lost the first two. They were heartbreaking losses. Uh, we had actually lost three in a row, and then we crushed yesterday. So uh, it's a good day to talk about the Orioles after a win. And uh, I thought, Steve, we would ask you a little bit just, um, you know, we had talked about doing a mid-season update since you gave us a preview back in March mm-hmm. of the Orioles uh, to get your take on where the Orioles are, uh, uh, where the birds are at this point. And uh, hopefully near the end of the season and hopefully the postseason, we might be able to squeeze in a little time there as well uh, if we make it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious how you feel about the Orioles at this point in the season. Well, I mean, I think they're uh, they're – Right there is a contender, which we thought they would be. And so uh, the American League East has been interesting because it is the only division that has four teams with 40 or more wins. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a great team. No one's running away with it. I think even Boston is starting to play their way back in it six games out. Yeah. It's doable. And so it looks like it's shaping up to be a great race. I mean, the Orioles' uh, record right now is about identical to what it was at this time last year. Yeah. They then had a great second half to get to 96 wins. This team, maybe they can't do that, but um, 
they are right there. They've gotten some players back in the last few weeks. And so um, I wrote actually on MassInSports.com today and gave specific letter grades to specific components of the team. And I graded the bullpen and defense highest. I graded the offense third, and the rotation got a C from me because they're 10th in ERA rotation, and they're near the bottom of the league in innings. And so really, if you look at the stats of the rotation, it's not great right now. Yeah. And two two pitchers, as we know, have kind of dragged that down, and uh, Gosman's in now, and so we'll see how they uh, they need some improvement there. Yeah, I had asked you – I listened to the podcast uh, last night that we did in March just to kind of – uh, hear what you said, and you nailed it with Norris because I told you back then I love Bud Norris. Uh, just loved what a bulldog he was last year. I think he won 15 games uh, last year, and you know we were talking about it. Well, he had a bad spring. And I said, "Do you think that's going to change?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm confident he's going to change." And you said, "Well, we'll have to see." And uh, you said, "You know, we've got a lot of season before us." So, just your thoughts on Bud Norris? What's happened to him? I don't know. I mean, uh, the, the one thing about the stat sheet that's radically different is his uh, uh, ability to get out left-handed hitters or inability. Mm-hmm. Whereas last year they hit like 250 on him. This year they're hitting like 330. I mean, it's wow. it's crazy. So last year he had a little bit of a changeup going that helped him. This year he's throwing that less, and I don't think as well. So it's almost like it's non-existent, and the slider has been inconsistent. So really. He just he just hasn't uh, put it together since uh, the very beginning of the season going to Sarasota, yeah. and so he, he got he moved to the pen. I mean, he got enough chances, and finally, Gosman was ready. He was built up enough, and I think Buck, it's the move he felt like he had to make. Yeah, well, Scott, uh, to bring you into this now, and I'm expecting what's going to happen. We're going to hit a point in this where there's no need for prompting. Once, <laughs> particularly once we get Scott talking, and. Uh, or texting. Or texting. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, Scott, do you ever text Steve? No, no. no, no, no. About, about no. the same amount as you text me. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes Scott will talk me off the ledge. That tells you how bad no. I can get, Steve. We were we were I was at his house the other night and he said, Have you you know, when we were losing we couldn't score any runs yeah. and I was getting frustrated. He says, Have you heard from Pastor yet? Yeah. I said, Any minute any minute now. Yeah. Man, it was. And he oh, also knows boy. late in the game when I have to like write about the game. I'm yeah. like, now listen, I know you're going to go crazy or something goes wrong in the next five minutes, but you have to keep it under control. Yes, because I am actually still working here and I'm trying to think and write while things are going on. Yes, and so don't throw anything across the room for a few seconds. You, okay. Yes. Well, you bombarded <laughs> me that way. it was a game last year, and I yeah. you must have sent me twelve texts in, <laughs> in like three minutes. Yeah. I couldn't answer them fast enough. My phone, was, there was smoke coming out of my phone. I had to run out in the street and come on. In guys and answer these questions because I can't keep up with it. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I, I have several text threads going. Uh, Scott is certainly one. I feel that if I want to ask you something, Steve, I'll do it through Scott. I, I, I know <laughs> right. my place. I say Steve's got enough on him. But you just mentioned, um, Steve, it, uh, now I know you don't normally cover the away games, but a game like yesterday where we've won 9-1 to one, and the game's won pretty much early on. Um, you may have mentioned this last time. Do you, do you tend to start writing your story at that point? I do. I mean, I try to usually within uh, – it can be as quick as within two minutes at the end of the game, a story is published, yeah. wrapping up the game. Yeah. And so you can't write in 90 seconds, so you have to start writing that 
uh, during the later stages of the game. Yeah. And a nine to one game that stays nine to one is much easier to write. Sure. Because you can wrap up what happened and it was a big win and the offense broke out as the headline. They yep. finally scored some runs. Yep. You have the pitching line. Miguel came out after six. Yep. You can start updating that. And so that's easier to write than a game where someone breaks a tie like the day before. Yeah. And it's three to two. And so you don't know whether your lead's going to be they had a very great win or they had a tough loss, and you have to adjust on the fly. And, and so it takes a little longer to publish. But we do try to. At home games, I have to be in the clubhouse about five minutes after the game. Yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 write, the writing, you're under the gun, man. And you, you may not have it as complete or as thorough as you want. You right. have to get something out there. And you have to get to a, to a certain – physically, you have to be somewhere. Yeah. So it's not like you can say, I need 10 minutes to write this through. I don't have 10 minutes. Right. And so um, – and then we have an editor who, you know, if I make a number of mistakes, which has happened, will hopefully catch them along the way. Right. Um, and and uh, the difference between a newspaper is the editor sees it before it goes to the newspaper. We publish what we write. Yeah. And then it's edited. So, oh, uh, because yeah. in, in our business, it's like, get, get to that, get it out there. I mean, Instant. it's meatball surgery. Get that story out. Get yeah. that news out there. Yeah. And so, and then we'll go through. I mean, I, I look at, before I publish it, I read it through once sure. or twice. I don't just haphazardly throw it out there, but still, mistake, you write so much, mistake can happen. Sure. So, you try not to, though. I don't, uh, you know, I read his blogs every day. I see very, very few mistakes. Right. Very few. So, whoever's doing that, you know, kudos well, to you yeah. for writing good stories, and also kudos to your editors who's, who they they do a great job. Absolutely. I mean, ba- look at a baseball story. It's rare spelling yeah. of the names, oh, accurate yeah. of the stats. Yep. The records are accurate. The batting averages are accurate, and they change every day. So, I mean, that really is a concentration level that you have to find to try to make it as mistake free as possible. Now, now Steve, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that the comments that come in, you don't have to edit those at all, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. We yeah. have a commenting system that edits the bad words out <laughs> wow. most of the time. People use bad words? Wow. No. Wow. Yeah. And we talked about this before. I mean, the in-game blog I have can get anywhere from f- over nine innings from three or 400 comments to 1,200. Wow. And so they're pouring in. And during the game, I'm engaging with those people. That's The, the job now has, has become... Uh, you just don't write a story and go home and people read your story. Now you people react instantly. In the I moment. Mean, there'll yeah. be a base hit that drives in a run, and five comments will appear about it within 20 seconds. Wow. Uh, sometimes almost as the ball's hitting the grass for the hit. I mean, they're right. just, well, great hit by Nolan, and boom, people are commenting on it. I mean, it's, in, it's instant. And so you're commenting back and forth with them at times during the game in addition to other things you're doing. Yeah. Steve, yeah. i got a question for you. When, uh, when you're talking about that – how much of that do you feel like you're obligated to comment on? How, 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 or is it you feel like it's part of your job that you have to comment on? I mean, yeah. where do you draw the line with that? I mean, well, you, you could work yourself into oblivion, which sometimes you do, yeah. um, or you can, you've got to draw the line somewhere and say, I just can't keep commenting on this for the, you know. Well, I mean, sp- sometimes people ask specific questions. <laughs> hey, Steve, how can, is the Ubaldo Jimenez out of options? And so that's a specific question. Sure. It's fa- that's you should answer. And then sometimes people make a comment, not directly to you, but on the team, but it might be inaccurate or you might have a different opinion and they might say i don't think uh i think they're going to cut so and so and i may think well they're not i will say here's why i i think they're going to hang on to david Lowe because of uh, a b and c and so you know you pick and choose what you want to comment but 
I do think the reporter responsibility anymore is to be available to the fans. That's our consumer. And so 20 years ago, you wrote a story and like you weren't available to the fans. You yeah. did just they read your material. Internet, Twitter, I get we get questions on Twitter all game uh, that we respond to. And it's it's basically 24-7 responding to fans anymore. And I, I like that because I like – I'm an Oriole fan too. So yeah. I can't really be a fan as a reporter. You, you're kind of balancing the act. But it's fun to hear from fans. And they if they weren't reading our stuff, we wouldn't have a job. So you, you better never lose sight of that. Right, right. So, Scott, I think we found a way to get Steve to answer us. Is to just go on the blog. Right. And I, never, I know. Yeah. I've told him to do that because <laughs> – it, it's it's a shared experience that people they become a family they know right. each other oh, sure, sure. They, the people who write on my blog they meet at the games they go to games together now wow, wow. they'll write on the blog hey so and so I'll be there Tuesday let's meet yeah and they meet and they've had they had a night for rock uh, yeah. where the, his readers had him come out for a night they had one for me late late last year where the people who write on your blog and meet at Dempsey's and you have 50 people there awesome. and 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 it's it's fun and you you meet the people behind the names and they're they're a community and when when people are missing they're missed like they're writing yesterday where's Aaron today where's so and so today you yeah. know they they feel like uh, the the usual virtual community is not all together today and they yeah. we're missing somebody and so um it's kind of fun, and on on my blog, um, I worked hard at trying to keep it uh, positive. And yep. I'm not saying you can't be critical, but I think some of the more um, they're just a more uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're more forgiving. They're under they're great fans. They know the game well. Yeah, yeah. the people who write my blog, a lot of them really know the game. They know yep. what moves are coming, what moves have been made. And they're they're more understand. They don't fly off the handle as much, right? As right. some fans do, but yeah. we, and, but every now and and if someone goes kind of off the handle, these people will reel them back in on the blog. They'll right. be like, "Hang on, buddy, count to ten. Right? It's the right. third inning. Don't go crazy here. Right? And it's to see that during the game is to me is pretty much an interesting process. Interesting, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. So Scott, you're a person I would say. Knows the game extremely well. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? Absolutely. This guy yep. knows the yep. game well. Yep. But you might occasionally fly off the handle. Well, You're probably I, I was, a hybrid. I was just going to ask Steve yeah. a question. You know, as a professional now, I know Steve, he's been a fan since junior high school. Yeah. I mean, well, I've known him since junior. He's probably been a fan longer than that, yeah. and so have I. And it's got to be difficult because I want to scream – in ecstasy sometimes yeah. when they win yeah. and I get angry when they lose yeah. and it's frustrating and you get down and I know you feel the same way yes, sometimes. I do. Yes, I do. And you know, how do you, it's got to be tough to temper that sometimes when you're, when you have to be professional all the time, you're sitting up there in, in the booth and the crowd's going crazy and it's a tremendous yeah. moment. Um, I think you mentioned the Delman young double that oh, drove in yeah. three, three yeah, runs right. last year in the playoffs and, and you, you have to want to jump up and scream, but you can't. I mean, that's got to be difficult yeah. as, a, as a true fan. Well, I mean, you learn early on. If anyone ever go, went into a press box during a game, the first rule, there's no cheering in no the cheering. press box. Yeah. It's a place of work. Right. It's an office place. And so a stadium is going crazy in everywhere but this little confined area where these if you were to walk in there people are just typing on their laptops like it's <laughs> one o'clock at the office wow. and we're writing stories and we're doing stuff and you're not in there cheering or high-fiving each other or going unbelievable hit you know yeah. uh, we're talking to each other and so there's some stuff going on but it's 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 
it's like an office place within a stadium. Wow. And you learn early on that's that's how it is. And so when you're when you're young and early in your career, you're like, wow, this is so bizarre. I'm used to cheering. Yeah. But then it's become second nature, and that's that's just what it is. So, um, so so last fall, uh, because you referenced that great hit, uh, Scott, when uh, Delman Young came up against the Tigers, and that was Game Two, right of the uh, second round of the playoffs. Uh, or I'm sorry, first round of the playoffs. Uh, game two. And right. um, Delman Young hits that. It ended up being a double, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Was three that a bases clearing double? double? Okay, yeah, three, run so. double. three run double. Yeah. Um, remember, Scott, I had been watching the game with you, and you left, and I left to come back and work on a sermon. I want people to know how faithful I am. Wow, that uh, is faithful. Yeah, and, you got to get your priorities <laughs> yeah, straight here, buddy. Seriously. Of course, keep mind, Scott. I left when we looked like we were going to lose the game. <laughs> right. So then my my text start blowing up. I didn't see that live. I I, I ran out to the car, listened to the aftermath on the radio, and then I watched that highlight. That had to be, as I've been watching the last several years, one of the most explosive moments for Oriole fandom. Nobody in that press box that you were in, nobody clapped? No, you can't. It's, it's a, you get Your credential can be revoked if you go in there and, wow. and you're a fan. I mean, they, that's, that's a... Can you run outside and clap it, and come yeah. back in again? That's yeah. what I would <laughs> it would have been interesting to have like a video shooting the press box oh, during that. And you'd probably see a lot of... You'd probably see a writer's like... And people can't see our faces like on, uh, yeah, you know, right, mouthing right. to each other. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. oh wow. <laughs> you know, but you're not in there cheering. And so, and then you have to write about it. I, as you said, that story I have to have out right away and yes. it's the eighth inning. Right. So the game is winding down. So you now have to, now I probably had to totally rearrange that story from wow. it looks like they're going to lose to yeah. this is an incredible win. Yeah. And so you have to shift paragraphs around and delete and edit this and, and so right right then, while everybody's going crazy, my first thought is, how does this change my story? And what do I have to do now? And, and i got to get the stats right. And so you don't have time to think as a fan. But as Scott will tell you, because I've called him driving home many times, now you're driving home in the car. It's 90 minutes after the game, and I get in the car, and I turn on the radio, and my first thought is, wow, that was unbelievable. Wow. What wow. a game. And I'll call him to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Because at, it's, at one in the morning. Yeah. It's, the, it's the first chance I have yeah. to do this. And you, while you guys can react instantly, for me, it's a delayed. It's like unbelievable. Wow. Win today. Wow, that was incredible what they did. And you, it's your first chance to really – think about wow. it and I, I go back i said i've told people this story uh in my early days as a reporter one of the first major stories i covered was the death of len bias yeah uh, in college park yeah. uh and i remember driving home that day it's the first time you had to think oh my god lenny bias is dead yeah, unbelievable it stopped me in my tracks because as a reporter you just get this interview get that send this yep. tape to your station your station needs you live here do this get this go interview this there's a press conference here and you're doing your work and you're doing your work and you're doing your work and then you're driving home and you're like wow yeah it hits you because yeah. you know yeah, you, you finally fi- have time to you think finally about have it. the chance to take in right. many ways uh steve it sounds like almost uh an emergency response worker who doesn't have the luxury of of sort of uh not nearly that important but in some right. respects i can see what you're saying sure. you're, just, you're just in the moment doing what you need to do right. and then later on you think yeah. back and you go that was one of the biggest yeah. hits in the history of the orioles holy cow Nathan, don't you think, see, I'll, I'll bring you into this, there you uh, that the reason, I mean, I sometimes wonder why isn't there cheering when I'm preaching on Sunday morning? Scott, you come in. <laughs> well, it, for me, it's because yeah. I'm usually asleep. Right. I, I, that's, what, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, it, yeah. I thought you were going to say it's, it's like, you know, not a workspace, but a worship place. So people want to cheer, but they suppress that. 
and do it later when they get home. It's See, because they were up late watching the right. Orioles game. And, so. <laughs> yeah, and, and as everybody yesterday, Steve, yesterday when I did the, uh, I did three, or I did, we normally have three quick sort of bulleted announcements. And mm-hmm. I did Vacation Bible School, some books we're promoting. I didn't have a third one. So I said, as you were there, I said, so I'm going to talk about the Orioles. I said, who wants to talk about that? And nobody did. Um, uh, well, you ca- didn't pipe up. Well, he, no, he, well yeah, I, I did sort did of call a little shout out. And I said, he said, you want to come up here and talk about the Orioles? I said, I don't think you want me to come yeah. up and talk about the Orioles. Right? <laughs> it can really be ugly. I think it would have changed the tone of our worship service here at, uh, uh, at church, no doubt. Scott, I'm dying to talk to you because you and I have texted a lot this year, talked about Gossman, and we both share a mutual frustration. That here's this kid who may be the future of the Orioles in terms of, I mean, could be a true ace uh, that you might hear about for years and years, a, a tremendous young, talented pitcher that seems to have been yo-yoed back and forth between the majors and the minors. It's frustrated me. I know it's frustrated you. Um, do you want to share some of that, Scott, and then have Steve comment? Sure. Um, well, my opinion is that he should have been in a rotation to start this season regardless. Yeah. And, you know, he probably would have had some hiccups and, and maybe pitched not a, a good game here and there. But I think he's earned the right to be in that rotation. And I know Buck is very loyal to the veterans, and, and he's given Bud Norris, you know, many opportunities to, to try to fix this. And Tillman, let's face it, Tillman's had a bad year too. Sure. I mean, he seems to be turning the corner a little bit. And you got to kind of keep Tillman in the rotation. He, if, if Tillman doesn't pitch good, I think we're in a lot of trouble. I do too. I mean, Tillman not pitched a lot great for three years. Yeah. But I think – Pretty much it, it has happened. I think Gosman's going to be in the rotation, barring injury or if he just has a horrendous three or four stars, I think he's going to be in the rotation the rest of the year now. Yeah. And I think that's the good part about this Orioles pitching. That Steve commented earlier that it's really been our weakest link, our starting pitching, which you wouldn't have thought right. coming into the season. But I think the upside is we do have a lot of guys that can come up and replace um, a guy like Tillman or, or Norris. You know, or Chen if he leaves at the end of the year. We have a lot of young talent in that area. Yeah, we don't seem to have the bats to 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 do replacements. You know, we don't have a corner outfielder that I think we still need right. in the minors that can come up and do that. So I think the upside with the pitching staff is guys like Gosman. And of course, Steve, you're going to have to give us an update on on Dylan Bundy because that's been one oh. tragedy after another oh, with that goodness. poor guy. Yeah, but we were counting. I was counting on him next year to sure. be in the rotation. And of course, there's Tyler Wilson and some other guys that you you know more about than I do, Steve. But mm-hmm. the, I do think there's a lot of talent in the minors, pitching talent that yeah. can really help us. So they're going to have to lose. I mean, they're going to Chen's a free agent. And Norris is a free agent. Doesn't seem like losing Norris is that huge of a deal now. Sure. But Chen's had a great year. He has yeah, probably he has. been our most consistent starter. And I know you're not – you haven't been a big Chen fan. I've never been a big I Chen fan. I haven't either. Yeah. Um, I always thought he was a pretty good fourth or fifth starter that was always going to give up three or four runs. Yeah. And if you scored five or six, you were always going to win because he's very consistent. And that's fine. It's good to have a guy like that on the staff. But this year he's been better. I mean, he's given oh, no up doubt. two – it seems like he gives up two runs a game right. every game. And yeah. He, you usually, know. usually solo home runs. Yeah, uh, yeah. but you're right, only two. Uh, so I will say that uh, our, our mutual friend Al Myers. Uh, so Al, I know you're listening. Here's a shout out to you, who's on one of my text threads. Is the eternal optimist, Steve? You you would like this dude because he never lets a criticism stick. No, you know he always says, "Hey, stop it! Come on!" You know, I mean, this is a long season. We got a lot of ball to play. Buck knows what he's doing, and I'd say eight times out of ten, it's usually right. And I'm just blowing off steam in the moment. But uh, I've let him know, you know, Chen just seems incredibly hittable to me. He just seems, and maybe it's just my 
my perception, like an easily hittable pitcher. I know his ERA, Steve, doesn't bear that his out. His statistics are amazing. I mean, I and, and he's and he's the statistics say he's not hittable because it's like he gives up like a two thirty eight average to both left and right. It's yes. almost identical. Yeah. And a stat that's uh, been overlooked a little bit this year with him is he gives up a 0.95 average with runs in scoring position. Wow. wow. And a slugging percentage wow. of about 200. Getting an extra base hit off him with a runner in scoring position has been virtually impossible this year. Wow. It's it's a stat that I think a lot of people haven't seen, but it's if you just if it's there that Chen has been incredible in those circumstances this year. So that's a little bit of an outlier because usually you can't quite do that well yeah. over a whole year, but he has so far. And so um, he's eighth in the league in ERA right now. So so do you see, Steve? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of ourselves here because I want to talk about this. Do you see us retaining him? That's exactly my next question. I yeah. do not because uh, the statistics he's putting up now, there's somebody who's going to give him that $15, 16000000 million a year for four or five years. Uh, and he go and he goes from a thirty-five or forty million dollar guy to a sixty or eighty million dollar guy, yeah. and that's probably where he prices himself out of the Oriole market at that point. Um, the, in the first half of that, he might be in the Orioles' play. In the second half, he might be out of their play. I got you. That the good. That's a good segue to what I was going to ask. We have a lot of free agents coming up. Yeah. And where where do you draw? I mean, you can't just let everybody walk. Mm-hmm. I think that's a real. That, that, that tends to leave a bad taste in the fans' mouth. It's like, wow, they're letting everybody right. walk. Where do you draw the line and say, you know, we've got to sign somebody here, yeah. even if we have to overpay? I mean, I, I said earlier I think they should sign Weeders. I think he means a tremendous amount to this ball club, not just hitting because his hitting to me is is questionable yes, sometimes. Yes, agreed. But he's so good behind the dish. And, and who are we going to sign? We've got to sign someone. We can't let nine free agents walk and say, well, we know what we're doing. Because everybody's going to say, boy, how cheap can this team be? Yeah. We're, we're right on the cusp of getting into the World Series, and now they're going to let everybody walk. Well, you have to, you have to look at things like um, you know, the difference in the dollars. And, and that's where it came down with Nick Markakis. Mm-hmm. And Travis Snyder has not been Nick Markakis. Right. Uh, but he's provided probably – 80% of his production for 20% of his price. That's yeah. where you start ba- checks and balances. He's Nick is getting 40 million, Travis is getting what is he getting? Much much less for one year. So it it's it's not a direct comparison when you start looking at things like payroll and and paying this guy a little less where fans would say they're cheap means they now have money maybe for weeders yeah. or for Darren O'Day who's a free agent by the way yeah, who's having right. who's, who, right. I didn't think he could have a better year I know. than last year but he is yeah. this is his best of his 3 years on the stat sheet um for the Orioles he's a free agent he might be their most sought after but after Andrew Miller got $9 million a year, Darren O'Day is probably going to get 7 or 8 or something yeah. from somebody. So, again, I ask the question, what do we do? Would yeah. we, we let everybody walk because, of their, you know, because we're not, we're not going to pay the money? Or I mean, I feel like they have to sign somebody I here to, to make a statement. Well, see, and as good as Darren O'Day is, and he's very good, okay, could Michael Givens be really good for 500000 next year? We don't know. Or yeah. do you sign Darren O'Day for $8 million? See, that's right. a big difference. Yeah. Or could Michael Givens be 75% as good as Darren O'Day? Right. Uh, then maybe you start thinking about keeping him. But, but uh, you're right. All these are hard decisions um, for the team moving forward, a lot of them coming up. O'Day, uh, I heard on the fan, uh, somebody interviewed him. It might have been Coleman or one of those guys, Steve. It, it might have been you. But uh, somebody interviewed him. I heard this clip last week. 
And he did admit, they said, would you like to close? And he said, yeah. Um, so my thought there is, do, do you see O'Day as a as a closer? W- w- would there be an MLB team that would take him as their ninth inning yeah, shutdown? Be, you yeah. think so? Okay. Yeah, there might be. I mean, he's not, uh, you know, you don't usually see a sidearmer throwing right. high 80s right. as a closer. Uh, but the thing I like about O'Day is you can bring him in seventh, you can bring him in the eighth. He's good against left. He's good against right. He's so smart. He's so composed. You can bring him in for a clean inning. You can bring him in with the bases loaded. I mean, sometimes he'll load the bases himself. He he seems. Uh. He honest to God, he seems to want to challenge. He does, and he 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 points out. And Buck has said this a million times. And Darren O'Day lives it in real life that the hitter is as anxious as you. Yes. We always feel like the pressure's on the pitcher. Oh, my God, the base are loaded. He's got to throw a strike. But the hitter's up there thinking, oh, my God, i got to get the hit now or we're going to lose. Yeah. And so O'Day takes advantage of that to do just things that we don't see. He elevates the ball when they're expecting the slider low and away. And he's just so smart and so calm and cool. And so he, of all those free agents we mentioned, he might be the one they really want the most. Interesting. Because look at what he's done. Interesting. So, But I'll ask you, do you think it's – that this Orioles retention philosophy or lack of retention, it, do you see it as a possibility that we might let every single free agent walk? I think it's not totally impossible. Wow. I mean, look at Matt Wieters right now. He airmails a throw past first base the other day. When yeah. has he ever done that? I know. My point is he came off this major surgery with his arm. I need to see him throw for a couple more months before I'm prepared to say that's the old Matt Wieters behind the plate. Mm. The smarts is still there, obviously. Sure. Calling a game, understanding the pitchers, being so smart. But he's made some throws that are not Wieters-like here. And, then he, and, and so that just could be he hasn't played a lot yet with that arm. But when have we ever seen Matt Wieters throw the ball over first base by five feet? Yeah. Like he did the other day. Yeah. I haven't seen it. And so, to me, I want to see him throw for a couple more weeks. Try to throw out runners. Is he back with that arm? Yeah. Because before you give him $100 million, yeah. you better make sure that arm's going to be good to go today, tomorrow, next year, and three years from now. Right. Yeah. So, that's a big question yeah. for me still. Yeah. Scott, you, you told me you would take that job, Weeders, for a, a tenth of that. <laughs> Remember you a hundred. I've seen Scott airmail throws, so he can do that. <laughs> right, I can for a hundred million dollars. I can airmail a lot of throws. <laughs> but would you, you, know, would you sign for fifty, Scott? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you make a good point, and we were talking about this earlier before we before we started the, 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 the podcast. Is that look at a team like the Phillies? They yeah. went all out and they signed everybody. They did, and they got a payroll off the charts, yep. and they won the World Series. Yep. But now look at them. Now they're, they've got now the worst record disaster. of yep. They're a disaster. Is that what you want? And that's what happens when you sign these guys for these long you, – you think, well, we don't care about what happens four years from now. But guess what? Four years from now, you're going to care. Yes. You're going to care when the team's 32 games under five hundred, Yeah. In, and they're out of it in August, and you're praying for football season. Right. I mean, you're going right. to care then. Yeah. So that's something to always consider. You know, the team is much smarter than us when it's looking down. I want to be competitive every year. Yeah. Do I want to win the World Series? Sure. But I would, I would, I'd rather be competitive every year with a chance to win the World Series than to, than to throw all your eggs in one basket for one year and hope. And that may not even work. That yep. doesn't always work. And now you're strapped for four or five years. Yeah. So that's certainly an argument for letting these guys walk. You, you start giving, like you just said, a guy like Weeders $100 million, and he might not be very good next year. Right. We don't know. He might hit 230 and, and not be able to throw anybody out. Now yeah. you're stuck with him. Yes. You know, we thought that about Jimenez. Now Jimenez has turned it around. Sure. But last year we're all thinking, oh, my goodness, yeah. we, we, got a, we got another four years of this. Yes. And we paid 
Now we didn't we didn't pay an exorbitant amount for Jimenez, right? But only still, only fifty only million. fifty million. I mean, that's, that's chump, chump change, change right? <laughs> Nathan and I bring that in the podcast every week through sponsors. That's or, in petty cash. Right. I think I put that in the collection. <laughs> I put that in the collection plate this week. I just want to say to any of our listeners, if you're inclined to drop fifty million on us, we'll. <laughs> We'll receive that. That's right. We will That's receive right. that. Check, we, we, we money will, order, yeah, credit card. <laughs> we'll, Leave a credit card in there that's got a $50 million balance. We'll take it from there. Yes. Well, I, I heard a, a caller on the fan last week uh, uh, mention this, Steve, and I hadn't even thought about this. But, I mean, I, I knew it, but it's just out of my mind that we paid $50 million to get him and his last year, and he wasn't. Is that right? He was not on the postseason roster. Correct. He was on the for the first series. Oh, oh he was for the first series. I believe okay. so, and not but, the second. One. Okay, but he wasn't on the second. That's right. just incredible. I right. mean, who would have thought right. that last? And that can happen. Two marches ago, the that's guy the you, risk you always take. Huge risk, and um, but look at how he has come back. And he was written off by the fans, and they wanted to give him up for a bag of balls. They did. They did. And all the talk was they got six starters for five spots, and if they send him and his with one of them, I'm going to. Beat my head against the wall because yeah. he was terrible. Well, guess what? He's tenth in the league. Yeah, in that's ERA, right. he might wow. be our best starter, and yeah. he's yeah. been right there. And so um, that's why one reason you don't give up on these guys, and you and and when you make a fifty million investment, you don't just scrap it after you know twenty starts. But you know Manny uh, and this talk about money now, Machado is coming into play. They're yeah. coming to the time when he will get a hundred million dollars, right? And that's what they need to pay him. And if they want him to be a core guy, that's what it's going to take. So yeah. where is that money? If you give Weeders $100 million, can you give Manny $100 million? Wow. Wow. So you got to start thinking about that. And of those two, which would you want more? Yeah. For me, it's pretty oh, easy. I think Manny. That's an easy No-brainer. So no uh, that's, what, that's what Dan Duquette and Peter Angelos are thinking. Okay, we're going to give Weeders $100 million, But will we have money for Manny next year? Well, we may not. Yeah. Oh. Oh, we'll be able to think about this then. So... They they don't they can't give two hundred million. They can't spend like Boston and New York. And we know they're gonna have a payroll somewhere in the middle of baseball. Yep. So to do that, they have to make decisions to make it work. See, uh good segue, because I wanted to talk a little bit about the all star uh game. I mean, we're about a week away um uh, at this point. I'm gonna be away next week. Steve, you're gonna be away, so good time to talk about it. I was watching MLB before I came here today, because that's how I prep for my pastorate. I, I watch MLB quick pitch. Um, Isaac was disappointed. Different host. It wasn't Heidi this morning. It was another woman. I don't know who she was, but Isaac, uh, my little eight-year-old son, has come to love quick pitch. Isn't that awesome? And, yeah, Heidi is like his, like, probably first girlfriend. <laughs> right. And, you know, that will ruin all other girls after that probably for him. But he loves, you know, saying, Dad, Heidi's not on this morning. And we were watching Quick Pitch today, and just prior to that, they were showing some all-star coverage because there's a lot of hoopla about, you know, uh, the big reveal tonight and tomorrow on on who's on uh, what team. Um, Manny seems to me under the radar because they were giving a lot of uh, focus to Bryce Harper. Now, we might disagree on, on him, Scott. He's fun to watch. I like watching Bryce Harper play. I think you would say you do as well. Oh, I do. I definitely do. Not big on his attitude. Well... You know he's a young kid, yeah. so he, he's gonna, that's gonna he's gonna temper that. Yeah, he's gonna realize that if, if you're too cocky, some you're gonna get hit, you're gonna get drilled in the, yeah. ba- in the back yeah. more times yeah. than you yeah. want to get drilled in the back. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <clears throat> but he, but you know what? He's great for the game. Let's yeah, face it. He Guys is. like that are enthusiastic and will run through a wall for to catch a fly ball. I, I mean, you gotta love that. Yeah, and I, what I love about Harper, sorry Al, listen to this, who's not a Nationals fan at all, is that he can win a game 
at the plate or in the field. Yeah. And I mean, if you just look at the highlight reel, he's an incredible young, young player. So certainly he gets a lot of uh, spotlight. Uh, Trout certainly gets a lot of spotlight. These young players, there's some real studs out there right now. Um, is Manny under the radar, Steve, do you? And why? Because he's having a great season. Well, I think the knee injuries put him under the radar because a year or two ago, they were talking about the, the, tr- the trio of young stars. And it was Harper, Trout, Manny in yeah. some order. And so he earned the right to be in that class then, and he's starting to play his way back into that class now. And I think the fact that he did miss half a year and he had a knee injury and, yeah. and uh, you know, the 2012 season he had, or was it 20, 2013 when he played a full year? Yeah. That was a pretty special year. Sure and then was. people saw he wasn't in the playoffs last year. People kind of forgot about him, out of sight, out of mind. But now and he's off to a – uh, he's playing great. He wasn't off to a great start, but he's playing great now. Yeah. He had all those errors early. Remember, the, remember the worry was, about Manny? He was making true. an error a night. Manny Machado was throwing the ball away every night. Yeah. And all of a sudden now, uh, tremendous. So he's he's starting to – people are starting to remember, oh, yeah, we grouped him with Trout and Harper for a reason. Yes. How, how many home runs does he have now? 17. Yeah. And 17. how many – Nelson Cruz has 18, I think. Really? Just Isn't 18. That? Wow. Well, I don't think Cruz has hit one in a while because last time yeah. I checked, he had 18. I haven't heard anything about Cruz. In a I haven't either. Think about it. Manny has one less home run than Cruz, who wow. we thought was dominating the right. league. Incredible. Right. And all Incredible. of a sudden, Manny's just as good, and he's a much better fielder. Wow. And Davis has how many right now? He's he like, has 18. So he's he's tied with Cruz. If Cruz hasn't hit any, if, I have to check that. Hit. But it, it's been a while. I've, I have not seen Cruz come up on it on MLB You know, as doing something special in quite a while. Last time I checked, he had 18. Interesting. So that is true with uh, Manny. He, so you, you think he's playing himself back into that class? Because it does seem I like do, the yes. national spotlight dimmed on him for a while. And yeah, but you're it, right, it's, those it's coming back. They've been talking about him uh, some, his play, and he'll be, uh, barring something unforeseen, he'll be in the All-Star game, and it'll come up again. And, I mean, just look at the numbers. Yeah. We saw um, on the 4th, uh, my father and I were watching. I don't remember who was playing. But a third baseman made a great catch, uh, sort of a Manny-like catch, just into foul territory, dove and caught it, and uh, throws the ball wide to first. And my dad said, that reminds me of Cal Sr., who always told Cal Jr., he said, don't make half of a good play. That's exactly right. Isn't that right? And he said, and my dad is telling his grandson Isaac, Manny, Isaac can make a good play. Both halves. He's got that ability. He's oh, that special. And I thought, yeah. So Isaac's just wide-eyed. Yeah, we He's took uh, – my boys took up uh, – we had a baseball clinic we went to, and Billy Billy was teaching it Yeah, up at uh, – right up here at the um, the uh, Bel Air Athletic Club. Yeah. And uh, we it was a week long. They went every day, and Billy would say – Billy must have said that ten times. Yeah. Do not make half a, a great play. Right. You know, it looks good. You it made does. a great diving play, but right. the, the guy would have had a single. Now he's on second. Right, so, right. And that's a hard thing. I mean, you're you're killing yourself, and you get up, and you throw the ball away. Well, yeah. the bottom line is you did more damage than good by making half a good play. Yes. But Billy said that all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's just a great line. And having a boy, I've got this boy so into baseball right now. You know, Scott, you oh, uh, great. have seen him a, a, a bit in his uh, energy, and it's, it's really cool because he's asking me questions now, Steve, like, Dad, who is Wild Bill Hagee? Because he watches these YouTube videos of Orioles mm-hmm. history. Oh, that's and awesome. I, and he, I'm explaining so to him awesome. It's great Bill that he, he has YouTube to see that. I mean, I think about when I was his age. Incredible. 
We didn't have the internet. We didn't have video games. I mean, we would go to the ball field and play all day. Yeah. And then I would come back at night and play in a game for a team. And if we didn't have a game, we'd go to this game, the right. Oreo game. Right. And I mean, this was when you could walk to the bus stop and take the bus as a 12 year old kid. And we did that. That's what we did. And wow. so now kids can't let, you know, you can't let a kid no, do that. I, know. It's I mean, a shame. it's a different world. It's a shame. But it is a shame that it, as young kids, we could kind of go on our own yep. sometimes and, and, and just, Develop a love of the game. Yeah. And I'm hoping, uh, Steve, you could talk to Orioles Upper Brass and get them to bring back three buck night. Do you think they'd be willing to do that? The old uh, three buck They, think, they have, uh, what, nine buck night? Right? Ten cent beer night. In, <laughs> remember that? In, what was that in Cleveland? Cleveland. Cleveland. They yeah, rioted which, and almost burned the stadium. Somebody down. told me they did that twice. I, I know there's once, but if you go to Wikipedia, for our baseball fans out there, just Google search ten cent beer night. And it was the brilliant idea, Cleveland Indians, I think it was 73, 74, sometime around that, to <laughs> to sell 10-cent beer uh, to fans. And shockingly, it led to some disorder. Um, <laughs> shockingly. Yeah, can you imagine who's the guy that proposed <laughs> <Right>. that? <laughs> They're promoting the rocket tonight. scientists. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it backfired. <laughs> so... Um, well, uh, how are we doing on time, Nathan? How long have we gone? Uh, we're at 40 minutes right now. Okay, so. good, good. I uh, I wanted to ask you, Steve, looking at this point, uh, do you see the East, the AL East, um, staying this way, close, or do you really think somebody's going to break loose like the Orioles did last year? I Not think that one or us. two may break loose. Okay. I have a hard time seeing four teams being within a couple games of each other in August into September, that would be incredible if it, it stays that be. way. It'd be it fun. Would be. But I got a feeling, and I can't know who is who. I've, I've, I've felt since the winter that Toronto was a team to be watchful of. I really have. Okay. Um, and that was before one or two of their young guys got hurt. But their pitching is not great. And so they're doing it by bashing the baseball. It's hard to do that for six months. Right. And win consistently. I, yeah. I've always thought the Orioles are the most well-rounded in the division. Yeah. Uh, they may not have the best starting pitching. They may not have the best this or that. But when you put it all together, yeah. they have no glaring weakness, really. The rotation we talk about has to do better. And so, to me, they're the most well-rounded team. And I think that usually wins out. Okay. Okay. So, uh, do you see the Yankees falling off? Because I've been hearing all year, oh, their age is going to catch up with them. And it doesn't seem like it has. No. It's doesn't. almost like it's in the Yankees' DNA. Sorry, New York listeners. I know. To not lose. And it I drives know. me crazy. Um, Alex Rodriguez saving their day. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, no, the year no, no, he's having. Well, you know, Steve Scott is a big A-Rod fan. Oh, Archie he's got Scott. so many in Baltimore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, a big A-Rod <laughs> fan. Did you- I, I do think the Yankees are going to fall off. I do. Uh, Tanaka, I think he, he got rocked again his last start. Um, if he, if they lose him, uh, they're done. And I think he's pitched bad his last two starts now. I, you know, I don't know what the, the situation is with his elbow and with his arm. And I know he's had some injuries. But, I, you know, if they lose him and he's starting to show signs of wear and tear, yeah. I, I think I just don't think they have the starting pitch. And I do think people sustained. always assume the Yankees will just take on any ridiculous contract to get a few more wins. But I think they've reached the breaking point on that. Yeah, uh, We haven't seen them spend as big uh, in recent years. Yeah. And I think even in New York, they realize there's a finite amount of money and you can't just pick up every player for $100 million and, and you reach a breaking point and they've reached it. 
with some of these contracts that they have on the books that yeah. they're paying. Um, you know, CC Sabathia is making twenty or twenty-five million this year. Yeah, and he's definitely not earning it. He's this not year. earning it. He may wow. not even stay in their rotation. Wow. So you have a twenty-five million dollar pitcher who might <laughs> might not stay in your rotation. Wow. And so uh, that's contracts like that have hurt them. And and uh, that big move that we always expect them to make, they may not have it in them. Interesting. Yeah, and they still, even when they spent that kind of money, they they did have that nucleus. They had Jeter and Bernie Williams yep. and guys like that that could, that were part of a of, of a, a, a a school of players that grew up together and played together. They don't have that anymore. That's yeah. all gone. Everybody they get now is it basically has been bought. Yep. And so even when they spent the money, and of course that did help them, no question about it, but they still had those homegrown players that were part of the Yankee mystique that they just don't have right now. Yeah. And I'm sorry, the rally mustaches don't make up for that. <laughs> have, they, have they finally shaved those? I, I, don't, I feel like I haven't seen those for a while. Ugh. Brett Gardner, I will just say, let me get theological for a second for anybody that gets this, was testing my sanctification just every time he came up to the plate. <laughs> that cheesy mustache driving me. Now, you can't deny that guy's a good player. Um, there's something I, about it. There's noise something the, about Gardner that gets under my skin. Uh, but that's a different story altogether. Um, so the Yankees, do you think, Steve, that they're going to fall off, or do you think they could somehow sustain this? I, it seems like they would fall off, but 82 games in, they're not showing signs of it yet, but you know, there's 80 to go. So yeah. I think there's a chance of that, sure. Is there a chance you think Boston is going to play? I always thought Boston didn't have the pitching depth. To get back in it, that that seemed to be the conventional wisdom at the start of the season. But do you right. do you see something changing? I think they could play their way back into this. Wow. Honest to gosh, I wow. do. I think they could. Uh, uh, it seems unlikely, yeah. and 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 the problem is when you're six games out, is you can't have that six of eight losses. And they might go twenty five games and go eighteen and seven. But then if they lose six out of eight, they're right back five games out. It right. feels like right. a month's worth of work is done undone in one week. Yeah. That's the problem you face when you're this out this far. Right. Um and and, and and then again, if some team takes off in the East and separates himself from the pack, and you know, Oriole fans hope it'll be their team. But, you know, so we'll see that how that's going. Toronto always seems to have an eighteen to two run yeah. followed by a six and twelve. I know, run. they do. They They're do. Just uh, you know, there's a lot of people in baseball who think that their chemistry is not great. And a guy like Donaldson, as great as he's played, is a disruptive force. But really? then I but then I hear people that say he's a leader. Hmm. I hear varying opinions within the game about Donaldson. I think some people love the guy and some can't stand him. Yeah. Um, and the Orioles have had a little issue or two with, sure, Don- with Donaldson sure. and Manny that one time. And so, uh, but Bautista, too. I mean, Bautista, obviously, has yeah. The up. Orioles in Toronto, man. Wouldn't that be something if they're fighting for the well, division? that's what I was thinking. And some of that old, that bad blood resurfaces in September or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they almost seem to have emerged as a, a almost rivalry. Yankee like rival. Boston, I mean, Boston, yes. Yeah, I mean, that thing with Odette, with o Jones and Bautista screaming at each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, you don't see that in baseball very no, often. That no. was that was not good. Yeah. And, um, you know, Bautista now seems to have that chip on his shoulder. I have to admit, man, I mean, it's it's so frustrating when he stares down the pitcher and then he hits a home run on the very right. next pitch. Every time they brush him back, he hits a home run. I know, so I know. Get, guess what the strategy is? Get don't brush him back. <laughs> Stop throwing at Batista because he's it's a home run every time you do. I know, I know, it drives me nuts. Um, so, uh, what do you think, Scott? I mean, uh, what's your sense as a fan and an analyst? I I I agree with Steve. I don't think four teams are going to be 
in it at the in September. We yeah. said that last year. Right. Oh, it's going to go right down to the. Well, it didn't. Yeah, one team pulled away. Unfortunately, it was the Orioles. Yeah, and I'm not sure it's going to be like that again because we ran away with it last year. It was we were you know we, we we clinched two weeks before the season ended last year if you remember. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like that. But I do see one or two teams, and I'm I'm with Steve on this. I think Toronto would be the other team. I think the Orioles and Toronto are going to be the two teams that kind of separate themselves from the from the rest of the pack. Yeah, I don't see Boston. I you know. They went from last. They went from worst to winning the World Series yeah. to worst again. again. And I can't I imagine that they're going to go back to first again. I mean, no. it just that would be inconceivable to go from last to first to last to first in yeah. four years. I mean that that never happens. So, but if it did, Scott, wouldn't you be happy for Big Poppy? <laughs> oh, I love him so I, much. <laughs> wouldn't, you, wouldn't you like to see Big Poppy and A Rod back? Oh, in the wouldn't that be <laughs> that might be that might be my last yeah. baseball game I ever yeah. watched? Yeah. Well, I have to say, we talked about this last year, Scott. Steve, I don't get this. The the ESPN schedule seems like the NFL. I don't know if it's their internal mechanism that allows them to make better adjustments as the season goes on. When it's September tenth. And the big Sunday night game last year, it happened it seemed all the time, is the Yankees versus the Red Sox, right. who were both out of it. And you've got all these other teams that are playing. It drives me nuts that they don't seem to be able to make any adjustments. And is that just because the baseball schedule is too complicated? I, mean, I think they pick it about a month out. Okay. Um, because ESPN will we'll get some press releases from them that will announce which games they're showing. And usually it is about four to six weeks out. They start telling you, like now they'd start telling us about a game in August or something. Right, show right. On Sunday Night Baseball. So it's hard to pick a month in advance. Yeah. But what I've told fans, and I know it's annoying to Baltimore fans, they wouldn't be showing those games if they didn't bring in it must be an money. audience yeah. that, that works for them. Yeah. If, if the country was not watching... The Red Sox play the Yankees. Yeah. They wouldn't put, keep putting them on. So, I mean, that's annoying to Oriole fans, I know. Um, but it's like the Steelers and the Ravens. That's sure. a great rivalry. Yep. They can be both one game under five hundred. True. But that might be a great rivalry for an ESPN Sunday night game in right. November. You know, they both could be five and six. It'll be, wow, it's still the Steelers and the Ravens. Let's hope they're both not five and six. Right. One team right. isn't uh, when they play. But, I mean, I think – that rivalry has reached uh, that kind of level in football and in baseball. It, it draws fans. Yeah. Somehow it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's annoying to, to us in both. I, I know. I know. It's beyond it is. annoying. It just seems like, you know, when you watch a team that's done, right. you know, in, in terms of a stat, uh, you know, viewpoint, why are they even showing these guys in, oh, in a prime time? And you hear fans say, we want to see new blood. But yeah. then when the ratings come out, the ratings for the Oriole Kansas City might not be as good as. But, I mean, the Oriole Kansas City, that was great for baseball, I think, last it was. year. Having two, two so called not uh, top market teams, you know, playing to get to the World Series. Yeah. 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 Now, and now we've learned to hate Kansas City I was also. Gonna say, yeah. I, I had no problem with Kansas <laughs> right. City until last year. Now I've got all these villains, Hosmer. And it's not just because yeah. they beat us. No, no. It's, there was... there's, they are an annoying team, aren't they? Well, I, I, I mean, so cocky about it. It's so. It, to me, that whole series, I think we may have talked about this. You know, we get swept in four games. We weren't the only ones. They swept the Angels, too, I believe, right? Right, you know, yeah. just just before us. But they, um, they're hits, these little bloopers that we get in. And when a guy like Hosmer is pounding his chest, yeah. like as if he's accomplished something on right. first base, sort of gets to you. But maybe our guys do that, and we just don't see it no, because we, no, we're blind. That, no, our guys don't do that. They, I don't, I don't yeah, see it. They don't. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's I think the that's buck, buck way. That's buck, buck, right? Yep. We saw something I, I can't remember seeing in Major League Baseball in a long time the other day when uh, Avisel Garcia robbed Davis of that home run. Yeah. 
after he landed on the warning track, he jumped up in the air with thrust his yeah. hands like a 12-year-old kid in Little League. <laughs> no, I've never it. seen a major leaguer make a great play and then jump up in the air like, whoa, look at me. Wow. I mean, it was in a way, it was childlike, and I right. guess it was somewhat appropriate, but I just don't, you know, major leaguers, they high five in the dugout. Right, but right. Watch the replay. He catches the ball, and he jumps up in the air like he's 10 years wow. old. I, I, I didn't see that part because my foot was in the television. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, was Davis, uh, I saw a little clip on him on the highlight reel where he's waving, I guess, the white flag. Right. Basically, I surrender. That was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't so see was, that one. That, that wasn't a See, I like that, though it's classy. Tumble, right. you're showing deference right. to the other team. Right. Yeah. I, well, maybe you're right. I mean, would you say, Steve, since you've been in the clubhouse, that the buck way, the, the players have bought into it? I think oh, of this yeah. classic baseball sportsmanship. Um, I mean, everybody loves buck. By the way, I have to ask you about the gnome night because that thing <laughs> went just ballistic. It did. And, and I think it blew everybody's. Did you see that, Nathan? Anything yeah. with the buck gnome? Yeah. We wanted to have here, Scott, to your point, the I, Al Myers gnome Sunday. I, that was my suggestion. <laughs> and, and Al, if you're listening, um, an Al Myers gnome, gnome Sunday, was, it's going gonna, it's gonna to draw a lot. It's going to get a lot of people in the congregation. Yes, there. yes, I think so. I think so. But the, um, the, the, the buck way, as far as you can tell, is just owned in that clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, you respect the game, uh, respect your opponent, and – I think I've said a million times if if the fans could be in the Oriole Clubhouse right after a game, it even sometimes it's even striking to me. Forty thousand people going crazy, a walk off win, the team is celebrating, and then you walk in the clubhouse five minutes later and it's like you know, they're going to lunch, you're just walking around. Wow. And it's not a celebration. And I think that's because Buck has let them know we're going to do this 162 times. Right. So if we go crazy about every win or every loss, you got to you got to put it behind you, whether it was a big high or a low low. Yeah. And the, the Oriole Clubhouse, if you walked in there not knowing what happened in the game, you couldn't tell by looking at them. Yeah. Because if they had a devastating loss, they're not hanging their heads. And if they had a great win, they're not running around celebrating anything. It's business. It's okay. We did that. Now on to the next one. Yeah. And that has served them so well since I started noticing this in 2012 because they started winning again. So it's like, wow, great win. You walk in the clubhouse and it's like, God, I can't even tell they won in here, wow. you know. Wow. But I think that's the mentality of a baseball player. Yeah. Uh, and the fans don't have that mentality, of but that, not. they're fans. So yeah. it's okay. They live in the tw- next 24 hours, they're living off a win. So they're high, they're feeling good. Yeah. The team, they go into another gear within minutes after the game. It's wow. really something to see. And it's the mentality that they have to have. Yeah. Wow. Kind of crazy. Well, I'm telling you, Steve, if you still get the opportunity, if you hear of an opening, Scott and I are willing to co-chaplain the Orioles team. Aren't you, Scott? <laughs> I'm, I'm in. I'll do I'm preaching. In. You do music. Yeah, and, uh, that's perfect. If that, if that opens up, just I'll be willing. This, this would include tickets to every right. game. Well, of course, I assume, because we need to be there Correct. to encourage right. them when they're right. on the field as well. So just see, Steve, what you can do with that. I will work on that yeah, for I'm, you. <laughs> I'm sure they're... Don't, I'm don't sure. count on much. I don't yeah. pull a lot of cloud over there. I shouldn't quit. My job right yeah. at this point. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Or, or, or I should quit mine. Uh, yeah. Last thing, ridiculous, but I'm going to do it anyway. Just you know, predictions. Um, give me your analytical prediction. I don't know if you can do this, Steve. This might put you in big trouble with the people I that predicted in. before the season what I thought would happen. So, And you, you, you predicted the Orioles winning the East, I believe. Yeah, barely over Toronto is and, what I had. And you're still holding that. Yep. Great. Scott? 
Well, I'm going to sound like a copycat, but I, I, I felt the same way. I didn't say it at the beginning of the season, but I, I feel it the same way. I okay. think the Orioles are going to win about 93 games, yeah. and, and Toronto is going to be second, maybe around 90 wins. Okay. So maybe uh, Toronto is the wild card. That's possible, and, yeah. Uh, who knows uh, if we'll you know, see Tampa that. Bay getting Matt Moore back could be big. I mean, yeah. Matt Moore is one of the better pitchers in the game, and I think he just returned from Tommy John. So you just Tampa Bay always seems to have a way of hanging it, around. You do. know, really, at American League East, it's amazing. We get frustrated. We say, how can, how can the Orioles you know, win so many and then fall apart and, and they can't hit for six great games and, and you know, they lose five out of six to bad teams? But everyone is doing it. I, I agree. mean, Tampa Bay, they, they've just – how many in a row did they lose? Until oh. they, they, they won. They lost back to back walk offs to the Yankees. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Orioles fans will be on the and ledge had, right they now. They had lost, I think, yeah. five or six in a row. Toronto had a horrendous. Uh, and the Red Sox started off horrible. So, I mean, it, every team does this. It just seems like when it's happening to you, you're the only team that does it, but it, it's every team. Right. Dude, uh, Tampa Bay has gone, um, let's see, they've won two, lost eight in their last yeah. 10. Uh, Orioles, five and five. Uh, Yankees, five and five. Toronto four and six, Boston seven and three. Yeah, they're the only ones. Yeah, so. and I mean the Orioles won. I think they won the first three of those, and then they went two and five, counting yeah. yesterday's win. Yeah. So when you say five and five, I bet fans would go five and five. They've been losing every night. Right. Well, they lost five out of seven. Before that, they won three out of three. That's right. That heads up to five and five. Yeah. Now, yeah. I got a real quick question that segues from that. Do you, we we have a pretty bad road record this year. Yeah. I'm not sure the reason. Any any explanation, Steve? You're closer to the team. I don't than know I because it's getting better though. They're they're like they're a couple games over 500. Their last like yeah. 25 on the road. Yeah, because obviously they so, got their road records got to get better. Yeah, it was real win. good last year. Yeah, so uh, I think that's that's inching up. It's getting better. But yeah, they're several games under on the road. Interesting. Well, uh, last question then, Steve. Um, we won't even mess with the American League. Who is going to be the National League champion? Cardinals? Oh, geez. Yeah, I hardly follow it. You'd be shocked how little wow, I know about wow. the National League. Uh, I'm going to say that this is the year the Nationals actually make the World Series. You think so? Yeah, wow. that pitching, man, is so. But it's every year with the Nationals, I the know. pitching, and they never quite can get there. Yeah. But yeah. some someday they'll knock down the door, and this might be the year. That series is coming up at the yard. could be really fun. Yeah, yeah it's coming so up. Next weekend. Uh, yeah, 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 next, next weekend. weekend. Uh, last series before the All uh, uh, Star break. What about you, Scott? National League champion. Well, it's hard. To, it's hard to go against the Cardinals at this point. I know. And they have an incredible record, but yeah. you know as well as I do that once you get to the playoffs, it's really just a. It, it, you roll the dice, like Buck always says. Yep. Get to the playoffs and then roll the dice because yeah. good teams don't always get through to play. All you need is all you need is one mini slump and you're done. That's true. Um, the Nationals are are certainly a, a, a legitimate team. And yeah. I guess if they have a deficiency, is that it's their offense. They they have they go through streaks. They, where they don't score where they any runs either. Hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah at times. So that would be their. And I don't know that much about the Cardinals. So for me to predict the Cardinals, I tell you, the Pirates have a real good team, and it's a shame they're in that division. With look at their record, they're like eleven games over five hundred and eight games off the I know. pace. I Such mean, that's a strong division. So frustrating if you if you're that team right yeah. now. But um, yeah, it would be hard to not predict. The Cardinals at this point, but again, I don't know a lot. I don't yeah. know a lot about them either. And so. you still have that wild card. And the last year, yeah. the Giants, Giants. Yeah. were the second wild card, right? And they won the world. They won Series. the whole thing. Yep. Bumgarner almost on his shoulders yeah. alone. Right. And then, um, yeah, well, to me, to go back to the Nats, Scherzer when he is on, he's been phenomenal. On. 
I mean, just a, a phenomenal pitcher when he's on. It would be it yeah. would be nice if the Orioles had an ace like that. That's I that know. is one thing they they have not had. We thought Tillman might be that guy, but it, it doesn't appear that he's going to be. I know. Uh, maybe Gosman will be that guy. Yeah, we don't yeah. know. We don't yeah. know. But it would be nice to have that guy that you can absolutely rely on every fifth start to give you a shutdown type game. Um, not too many teams have it. We're yeah. not the only one that doesn't have well, it. Well, I mean, in the postseason, it's so big. It oh, is my big. goodness. It yeah. is. You big. have to win four out of seven, and one pitcher right. could win you three games. Exactly, right. which is what happened last year. So, Bumgarner, it's a rare short situation in a sport where one guy could be so dominant in a short series, but one starting pitcher, as we yep. saw, can do that. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. Steve, thank you, man, for coming. It. And Scott having you here uh, again for our fans, Nathan. Yeah. Sort of a bonus episode. We know that's right. not everybody that's tuning in for – uh, thoughts on charismatic gifts and uh, baptism of babies and uh, adults and all that is an Orioles fan. But we have a lot of baseball fans and a yep. lot of Orioles fans. Yep. So this is our bonus episode this week. That's and right. uh, it was it was great. Scott, you two having you guys here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a fish out of water with yeah. you guys, the, the two consummate professionals over here. And, you know, like Steve, like I said before, Steve works – all night sometimes at yeah. this. And, and, Greg, you put in a good 15 or 16 hours a week <laughs> at your job, right. and I have a regular job to go to. Right. So, yeah, you know. It's true. And it, it, we need to uh, hurry up because i got to get out to the greens here pretty quick. Right, uh, and you got to start getting ready for your vacation. I do. Up, i so. got a vacation coming. i got a big, big summer here, man. And uh, probably when we get back, you know, i got to plan a few more Orioles outings. <laughs> a lot of stress going on right now, Nathan. So. <laughs> It was fun. Oh, uh, thank you, thank you, Nathan, for having yeah, me. Thanks, I really guys. appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Nice no, it was it was good. So, uh, guys, we're going to go ahead and sign off now, and uh, we just rocked the Casbah. Rocked it. These guys to eleven.